This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Our guests today are Jay Sidhu, who is the chairman and CEO of Customers Bank Corp, Customers Bank, Bank Mobile, and Bank Mobile Technologies, and also Lavleen Sidhu, who is the co-founder, president, and chief strategy officer of Bank Mobile. Uh, Jay and Lavleen, thank you so much for coming today to speak with Knowledge at Wharton. So happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for inviting us. Great. Uh, so you launched Bank Mobile, uh, which you call a completely digital bank. Uh, almost three years ago in January 2015. Uh, I wonder if you could talk a little bit in the beginning about how did you assess the state of digital banking in the U.S. and what's the opportunity that you saw for the launch of Bank Mobile? Yeah, uh, banking, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, banking is all about attracting customers, making the customers feel very good about their relationship with the bank so they become customers for life. So traditionally, banks have used either they built bank branches or they acquired bank branches to acquire customers. And then we obviously noticed that customers are coming to the bank branches less and less and less, and you've got to find a way to attract the customers. So, so we actually put, created a task force and said to the task force, imagine if you couldn't open a single bank branch. How can you acquire customers? How can you be engaged with the customers so that they say, wow, this is a great experience? And how can you make them customers for life? And Lavleen ended up heading that task force. And from that idea where we said, if we won't disrupt ourselves, then somebody else will. And we don't like to do that. So that's where it all started. And maybe Lavleen can tell you how that idea brew then into where we become America's biggest and fastest growing digital bank today. Yeah, and just to expand upon what you said with a few stats, it's kind of astounding, but people on average are walking into a bank branch one to two times a year, um, but they're interacting with their bank on their mobile device 20 to 30 times a month. And then tr talking about from a business model front for a bank, bank branches are only acquiring 52 net checking accounts a year per branch. Okay, that is not an exponentially growing customer acquisition um, vehicle. So we were thinking, how can we create a sustainable, low-cost, high-volume customer acquisition strategy? Um, and that's how we were able to, to really de develop Bank Mobile, and we can talk to you a lot more about the strategy as we go on. Absolutely. Well, why don't we take a step back and look at the banking, uh, the mobile banking market in the U.S. as a whole. Uh, how, how do you think it compares to other parts of the world? Because as far as I can see, a lot of the action actually seems to be happening in places like Africa and the U.S., uh, Africa and, and Asia. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, how does the U.S. compare to those markets? Yeah, I think that it's been a lot slower in, in the U.S., um, and I think it's partly because of the regulatory environment. So it's been very difficult for fintech players or non-banks to enter into the banking space. Um, I definitely think that there's, you know, there's a reason why that is the case, to really protect the consumer, but it also creates a lot of barriers to entry for innovators in the space. So if you look at Africa and you look at m and and these that are trying to create 
um, opportunities for the masses to really become banked. You look at India now with the Aadhaar card and, and these numbers and being able to bank them. And then you look at China that is creating digital banks, that's creating payment systems through WeChat and Alipay. You're absolutely right. Um, but there's also less, you know, lower barriers to entry in terms of an opportunity for these players to innovate. And I think, uh, I think uh, what's happened is U.S. banking system is built upon having, giving access to the vast country's population in a local way. And so there's a belief among the regulators, like Lavleen said, that if you permit digital banking, it'll principally be available in populated centers and that the remote areas of United States, which is really the middle part of the country, will not have access. I think that's a total fallacy. And I think United States, my prediction is within five years, will be a leader in digital banking globally. How, how will that leadership be established? It'll be established because the innovation center of the world is U.S. They are, there's a lot of innovation taking place in the fintech area, but it's the bank charters and it's a partnership is being debated. And the regulators are preventing banks to have a good, solid engagement with the fintech companies for the benefit of the consumers because they believe, for whatever reason, that fintech is not good, may not be good for the consumer. I think there is no question that you need good regulation. There's no question you need good consumer protection. But why should one has to walk into a bank branch to open an account. Why there's, and it's already disrupted whereby for credit cards, you never have to go to a bank. But if you want to open a checking account, God forbid, you need to go to a bank. How crazy that is. Mm -hmm. So Bank Mobile today uh, has really, you know, changed that whole process whereby Bank Mobile today is opening up almost as many checking accounts as Bank of America is opening with approximately 4,000-plus branches across the nation. And I think there'll be more bank mobiles coming up, and that's why it'll become a very common way of doing banking in the United States. And the regulators are just slow to adapt. If, if you look today that they've already started working on the fintech charters, um, that's not allowing these fintechs to get FDIC-insured deposits, but it is a start where they don't have to go state by state and register and can start um, you know, serving customers nationally. You mentioned earlier about uh, you know, customer acquisition strategy. Uh, and I think one of the advantages that fintechs seem to have over traditional banks is their ability to come engage with millennials. And I was wondering if you have any uh, ideas on how, how banks can engage more actively with millennials in terms of customer acquisition. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a good question, but I think it's actually maybe a, f a false perception because we hear of a couple fintechs that are doing really well and, and they have great PR like SoFi. Uh, Robinhood has done an extremely great, uh, great job of acquiring customers. And there is a couple. It's like a handful. But there's thousands of fintech companies out there. And one of their main struggles is customer acquisition. They're actually resorting to very old school forms of marketing, like direct marketing, where customer acquisition costs are $500 to $1,000 or more, which is extremely high and not sustainable. And that's why we're seeing a lot of consolidation of fintechs, where they're either shutting down 
or they're having to partner with banks to be able to create a sustainable customer acquisition strategy. So I think it seems like they're doing a great job in terms of customer acquisition because they're sexy and it's a great user interface and they're finally paying attention to the customer experience. But in uh, in reality, banks are much better at customer acquisition because of the stickiness of the direct deposit checking account relationship. And it's interesting. We are a bank for the millennials, Bank Mobile. And still about 25% of the customers that we have are over age 35. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's a perception that the non-millennials do not want to get engaged using digital means. But I think it's the age 35 to 55 maybe is less receptive, but above age 55 is almost more receptive because they feel like, I don't want to be left behind. And definitely the millennials consider it to be a real pain to deal with someone with a brick and mortar when they can get a better product at a lower price and it's more convenient uh, through digital means. I have a question specifically for you because you have spent so many years in the banking industry. In fact, uh, uh, I think when the last time Knowledge at Wharton interviewed you, you were the CEO of Sovereign Bank, which was later taken over by Banco Santander. And so my question to you is, as you enter this new world of digital and mobile banking, from a personal standpoint, are there things that you have had to learn or unlearn about how banking is going? Oh, no question about it. But at the same time, the basic business uh, of banking hasn't changed at all, which is acquiring customers, getting engaged with those customers, and considering customers for life as the as your model for the business. And what is it that the customers are looking for? They're looking for ways on how we can make more money, save more money, get more money, get some help on how we can manage the money. It's basic stuff. In the bank branches, it's a lot tougher to do that basic stuff because there's no consistency. And certain bank branches uh, cost you millions of dollars, just like the one across from Wharton over here, you know, between the old Commerce Bank and the Sovereign Bank or Santander Bank branches, they're millions per year. If you can find a way to attract those customers through digital means, and that's where it hasn't changed. So yes, we were looking to acquire customers through bank branches all the time when I was running Sovereign. Now we say is no bank branches, how do we acquire customers? So we have developed partnerships. And partnerships is the way to go in the digital means. You look at any disruptor, they are all, they're usually, not always, usually going from B to B to C. You look at Uber, you, you know, you look at Airbnb, you know, the ones with the unicorns, they're all doing that. Right. Why are banks not doing that was a question that I kept asking. And we kept asking and we came to an answer and it's working. Great. So, so lovely, and I wonder if you could talk about some of these partnerships mm-hmm. uh, that uh, you just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, uh, how, how do partnerships fit into the way in which Bank Mobile has been growing? Yeah, so for us, we, we call it our leveraged growth strategy. So how, in essence, can we have 
one distribution partner to give us access to potentially millions of customers. Mm -hmm. And so today, uh, the way that we've really done it is through virtual digital banks that are actually 800 campuses across the country. Mm -hmm. So we have contracts with 800 campuses, mm -hmm. and what we really provide for them is proprietary technology and a lot of regulatory oversight um, for any payments that they need to send between the school and the students. Mm -hmm. And we actually save these colleges on average about a quarter of a million dollars every year for our services. Mm -hmm. And in return, the students at these schools get to choose this money that they're receiving from the school. Do they want it ACH to an existing bank account or do they want to open a bank mobile checking account? And this has been a great way for us to open about 300 to 400,000 new checking accounts each year, which really makes us um, the number one or close to the number one checking account acquirer in the nation uh, with zero bank branches, essentially. So I understand that you have something like 1.7 million customers that you've grown to in the past three years. Yes. Was this primarily your growth strategy? Yeah. So right now we're really dominating the student banking market. Mm -hmm. So our 1.8 million customers today have an average age of 27, mm -hmm. and primarily they are students. Um, so a lot of people don't know, but the student, the education system in the U.S. is 60% two-year community schools and vocational schools and 40% and traditional four-year schools. And that's mm -hmm. why our average age of 27 is a little higher than you'd think, you know, at 20 year old or a 22 year old. But it's great because we're able to serve these customers when they're looking for a bank account. It's an inflection point in their life. And two, there's such a knowledge gap about credit and how to use money and money management. And there's an opportunity for us to play in that space as well. I'd, I'd like to come back to that last point you made, but I have another question before that. Uh, and that is, uh, both of you talked about the importance of uh, banks engaging with customers in a way that makes customers, you know, as you said, feel good about themselves. Uh, if you look at mo almost all the large banks today, each of them has a sort of banking app and are trying to add more and more digital services. So whether it's Bank of America or Santander, they have apps that you can use for checking your balances, for transfers, bill payments, basic services like that. How can a mobile-first you know, bank like Bank Mobile differentiate your offerings from the digital offerings of the legacy banks? Uh, I wonder, if, uh, how, how do you differentiate yourselves and position yourselves? Yeah, uh, that's a that's a again good question what they are focused on is engagement with a customer and what we've shared with you the business of banking first is attracting customers mm -hmm. engaging with the customers and making them customers for life so they are still totally focused on attracting customers through bank branches mm -hmm. they haven't yet had that so-called kodak moment mm -hmm. kodak was the one that developed a digital camera and the digital camera put Kodak out of business. So they have all these hundreds and thousands of bank branches. They are hoping that the customer doesn't stop going to the bank branches. So they are very focused on making their branches slicker, open different hours, glass around it, stand outside, invite people, What the f or have video screens in the bank branches. But guess what? Everybody's walking with a video screen in your pocket. Why would they want to go talk to you? in a video, you know, in a bank branch. That's sort of crazy. So they need to disrupt themselves. And the reason they are not disrupting themselves is because of their infrastructure. And this, they, 
are making money by keeping customers misinformed. Mm. And I'll be very specific. Mm. Today, the interest rates are such that consumers, as an example, should be getting at least 1% on their savings accounts. And you know what Bank of America and JP Moore and Wells Fargo is, are proud of? We only pay 0.05% interest. They're proud of that fact. Imagine a business that says we are so proud that we charge the highest prices, but we give them an app to get it. Well, guess what? We have found a way to attract customers, pay them a competitive price, not rip them off. That is true engagement. All right, give them the benefit of how do you make more money, and that's why they are either going to have to change themselves or they'll have a gradual death. That is my belief, having been a banker for the last 40 years. And they're realizing this, and the shift is taking place, but at a snail's pace. Mm -hmm. So if you recently read about J.P. Morgan launching Finn, um, and then uh, I think it was is it Wells Fargo with Greenhouse, uh, so they're trying to create these sort of millennial-branded cool names um, where it will be powered by J.P. Morgan, so they have some of that reputational credibility behind them. But they're trying to use this as a customer acquisition strategy, the way that we created Bank Mobile. Um, but but it's taken them what? We, we, we launched Bank Mobile like three years ago, and, and now they're finally, you know, piloting these ideas. So they're thinking about it, but it's, 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 it's a slow pace. I think within five years, you'll see at least a 50 to a 75% reduction in the number of bank branches. And I think these banks will wake up, and they have the resources to wake up, and they will be fine, like the Bank of America and the J.P. Morgan Chases of the world. But Lavlin is so right that they are moving at a very snail's pace. Bank of America closed 20% of their branches last year. Hmm. What will the bank branch of the future look like? Bank branch of the future will be where people are working out of there, okay, to interact with their customers in the main segment, and they don't expect a single customer to walk in, but the customer will see it just in case they ever need to walk in. They can walk in. It's not going to be the most expensive street corner, hmm. right? It could be on the 15th floor. I'll give you an example of Customers Bank. Customers Bank has a branch at 101 Park Avenue in New York. It's on the 11th floor, okay? Has $1.8 billion in deposits. That by itself is in the top 50 banks in the country in size, and it's on the 11th floor of a building. Imagine. That is so much more efficient than all these little branches all over the place in the streets of Philadelphia. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't woken up yet. You know? so, so let me ask you, uh, coming back to Bank Mobile, you, you have, I believe you're spinning off Bank Mobile and merging it with flagship community bank. Uh, what are your goals for doing that? Yes, yeah, so for us, um, so we basically have a regulatory sort of arbitrage that exists today because 70% of our non-interest income is coming from what you call interchange revenue. Uh, that is when someone swipes their debit card or their credit card. But here specifically, we're just looking at the debit card. Um, 
being a bank under $10 billion in assets, which is what Customers Bank, our parent company, was uh, when we started our partnership, uh, we were able to leverage uh, as much of this interchange revenue as we possibly could. But under the Dodd-Frank, it's part of the Durbin Amendment, um, banks that are over $10 billion in assets make about four or five times less in interchange revenue. So for us to protect our growth and our future opportunity, it really makes sense for Bank Mobile to be able to, again, be part of a banking institution that's under $10 billion in assets. And so we have a lot of room for growth. And you can give a customer's bank perspective. Yeah. We don't like to charge fees. We like to have tremendous engagement. We think in the technology model, okay, you got to be able to have a very low-cost operation. And the only way, like Lavleen said, that we make money right now is when, when the, our customers swipe their cards. So today we are making about $45 million a year just with customers swiping their cards. If, if we wouldn't spin off Bank Mobile and, and make it a little baby bank again, then that $45 million will go down to about $30 million. And that $15 million will have to be recovered by charging fees, which is not a part of our model. Okay, so we are basically spinning it off, letting the team flourish, and we believe there is so much room for growth in this partnership banking that besides students, we've announced that we will be having a very large white-label partner with a top-notch retail uh, institution in the nation, and we believe that within two to three years, you know, our customer acquisitions will go from 300, 400,000 a year to perhaps a million check-in accounts a year. One million, that's what I meant by that'll be more than what Bank of America is doing, and that's only possible by spinning it off. That wouldn't be possible for us to do if it was part of Customers Bank. Uh, this brings me back to a point you made earlier about uh, you know, uh, providing banking services to those who may not be part of the bank banking world today. Uh, how important is financial inclusion for you as a goal for Bank She's Mobile? She's passionate about that. You should yeah, talk I mean, about it. Yeah. You know, part of the reason we launched Bank Mobile is because there's millions of Americans that are really locked out of the banking system, uh, whether it's, you know, because it's cynicism and, and they don't trust the banking system, whether it's they can't afford the monthly fees, the minimum balance requirements. And in reality, uh, big banks are charging Americans $33 billion a year in just overdraft fees. That doesn't create a sentiment of, of trust. Um, so we wanted to really provide a banking experience that is affordable and that can really serve these individuals that are underbanked, that are unbanked, that are low-middle-income Americans. Um, so today we do that by creating a very affordable banking product, which we have today. Uh, we also have a very strong educational component. So we have curriculums uh, that help people understand the psychology of money, basic money management, to be able to understand the, cre the components of credit. Because even as a, you know, a Wharton grad myself, there was a learning curve for me to understand what is actually uh, the components of credit. And credit is so important important for all of us to be able to, uh, you know, aspire and reach our dreams. We're all going to need some form of credit. 
Um, so we have one-on-one -on -one coaching with our financial coach as well. Um, and we have a blog uh, that is Be Empowered, and we're rebranding as Paradigm Money coming out in, in January. So there's all different formats from visual, um, yeah, from auditory, um, you know, different ways that people can learn and really connect with us and, and, and really get a solid financial foundation. 20% of Americans are spending more than 15% of their income just to have access to financial services. 20% of Americans. Okay. And, and that bank mobile will end that. We think the ones who can least afford it should spend nothing. And we should have a, we have a duty to help those who are underserved become more financially literate and financially less dependent upon the society. Where do you hope to go with Bank Mobile over the next couple of years? You know, for, for us, we want to become the number one acquirer of checking accounts. And it's not just about high volume and getting as many customers that we can, but it's really about this social mission that we've been talking to you about. There is 65 million Americans that are unbanked and underbanked. There's such an opportunity to serve these customers and, and provide them with the financial foundation they need to really reach their dreams. Um, and so... It's, it's really about creating customers for life, adding value um, to their banking experience, all the way from convenience to actual products and services that they, they really need. Um, and I hope that in the process that we serve our customer, customers, we also have 220 employees mm -hmm. to be able to impact their lives in, in beautiful ways and be able to expand um, their lives professionally, personally. Um, our shareholders, we hope to really grow Bank Mobile in terms of a very profitable endeavor over the next three to five years, which should be a, an op awesome opportunity for our investors um, and the communities that we serve. So really excited about the opportunity. Yeah think we are doing good and at the same time doing really well. You know, and those kind of opportunities exist using technology. I've been in, like you said, in the banking business for 45 years. This is about the most exciting times I have ever been in the business. Uh, you see an opportunity to use a new means uh, to really has show exponential growth. It's no longer that 10% growth. American businesses have been going through either cutting the cost or finding small ways to incrementally have slight increases in revenues so that the street expects if you get 10% increase in revenues, you are a growth company. Well, I think with technology, the street is going to be realizing that 20% sustainable growth is possible. And that's only possible if you do something unique in a, and deliver it in a unique way and you have a disruptive model. So the future of banking, in my opinion, is going to be based upon doing few things really well. It'll be niche banking. I believe business banking will remain at least in the foreseeable future as a human contact, that relationship at the eyeball-to-eyeball -eyeball level. But consumer banking is going to go through a very disruptive change. And that's why, like we were talking about, the role of the bank branches is going to be totally different. I just hope there are more entrepreneurs looking for restaurants because bank branches will make some very nice restaurants, you know, easy to get in and out of, because I can't imagine banks being able to continue to afford them anymore. 
and we have found a way to continue to attract those customers. That is the key. You cannot get engagement unless you attract them. And just like if Knowledge at Wharton could get over 3 million, <laughs> 3 million users globally, you know, uh, we think Bank Mobile should have between three to five million check-in account customers within a five to a seven-year period. That is very possible. And when I was running Sovereign, Sovereign was the 20th largest bank in the nation, and we had 1.2 million check-in account customers. That's it. So you're talking about three times bigger than Sovereign in consumer banking within a 10-year period because it's been in business three, and I'm talking about maybe seven more years. That's called exponential growth. Great. Well, thank you both very much for speaking with Knowledge at Wharton. It's been great to have you here. Thank, thank you, you so much. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. 